This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rapp, and joining me this week for episode 355, two snails on a log who have dispatched me with a massive quest for 10,000 experience points. Danny. Hey, Mike. Slow and steady here. And Paloma. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you both for joining me this week. I'm very excited to talk about comic books with all of you because it's the first official episode of 2023, but I have a ton of announcements to get through and I promise I won't restart the show this time. First off, we have a listener survey that we're going to put in our show notes. Uh, I'll probably make a short URL, I guess, uh, bit.ly.us slash IRCB. I don't know. It's going to be in the show notes to look for that. Basically, send us some feedback about what you think about iRead comic books in order to be entered to win a potential $25 gift card to Amazon or Midtown Comics, whichever you prefer. If you fill out the survey, give us your email and a name. We'll make sure to get that over to you if you're a winner. That survey is going to close on January 21st, 2023 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you get that all filled out because the next day we're going to be recording the I Read Comic Books annual live on Twitch and YouTube. Danny, Brian, and I did a test of this um, back in December and it was awesome. We had more people than I thought even cared about this show showing up to, on both streams, which was awesome. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a competition between who's cooler, YouTube or Twitch. Show up wherever you want to you know, add your support. But anyways, make sure you get that get that survey filled out so that we can announce the winner live on the episode, as well as go through all of the incredible amounts of stuff we're going to be doing for Irie Comic Books this year. We've got a brand new Patreon schedule. We're bringing back some stuff from last year that was really, really fun. Uh, we're going to be doing two new small miniseries, which is going to be really cool. Plus, we got a bunch of other things that are happening with the regular show, which I'm excited to talk about. So that's on January 22nd at 8 p.m. Standard Eastern Standard Time. So make sure to put that on your calendar. Come and join us live on YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you're subscribed there so you get notifications and everything like that, as well as so that you can see all of our YouTube shorts and all of our YouTube videos that go up, which are basically just our regular episodes. But still, if you want to find a new place to listen to Irie Comic Books, that's the place. Another thing I've got to say is at the end of this month, we're doing the best of 20, 2022 comic books according to the Irie Comic Books family, staff, whatever you want to call us. Everybody over at IRCB gave me their best ofs 2022. And it is the wildest list of comics that I have ever read in my life because it is the, the results will astound you. I think I've got some of the best comics I think I've ever read, uh, plus some of the strangest comics I've ever read. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about all of those in a big little episode or big episode that's going to be dropping on a Patreon. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash IRCB podcast to subscribe so you can get that at the end of this month. And if you subscribe for a year in advance, you get something like 16% off. So it's a total steal for all of the content that we have over there, including our other Patreon series like Saga of Saga, where we go through every single episode of Saga, where uh, we've got Mike and Paul read Doom Patrol. We talk about Doom Patrol, the IRCB Movie Club, which has a very special guest coming up this next month with a friend of ours, Kevin or Kev over at the uh, Austin Danger Pod. It's going to be, like I said, a ton of stuff happening this year. I'm very excited. So make sure you go over and subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. I think we have to repeat it three times in order for it to be like delivered in people's minds, right? Finally, last announcement, I promise. And then we will talk about comic books. <laughs> the people over at our Goodreads group who finished our reading challenge selected a book in a, in a short amount of time. We gave them a week and they figured out a book that they're going to be reading. That is Nuclear Winter Volume 1. So everyone over at the Goodreads is going to be reading that. We're going to be talking about that on next week's episode. Me and Kate and Nick. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. And then again, big announcements about what we're going to be doing with Goodreads this upcoming year. We're kind of changing things for the show, changing things for the Patreon. So look forward to that at the annual episode. I'm going to have even more announcements about the show. I'm super excited. So now, now, now let's talk about comic books. So I've got to ask those two legally mandated questions that we have in every single episode of this show. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Paloma. 
All right. I'm doing pretty good. You know, time is fake, but I'm entering my new year, new me era. And entering that, I'm like, I got to catch up on all my backlog of single issue comics that I buy. Why not just buy the trade if I'm just waiting for them all in single issue mm-hmm. format? But well, that's a that's a whole other episode. <laughs> we can we can go to therapy together about that <laughs> yes. one, Paloma. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think we get a group rate discount, right? If we all <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's three quarters of the show. I think we have all the, all the same problem. But yeah, so I decided to catch up finally on James Tinian. I, I think that's wrong, but I'm just gonna say James Tinian for and Michael Dialinus. Their series Wind in their in their third arc. It's called Wind Thrown in the Sky. And this is an all-ages book somehow where magic is magical people are forbidden in this particular city. Our main character, Wind, he's a magical person, has pointy ears, was found in like a basket as a baby. And so him and his like human friends are essentially ousted and caught in the middle, classic youth, caught in the middle of a war bigger than them. And in this current arc, they're being chased by fairies, the vampire kingdom. Everything's just coming for these kids. And um, it's bleak. The art is like cartoony in like a phenomenal way, but it's so bleak where I'm just like, whoa, I don't know if I can sub to this anymore. This is crazy because I've heard that Tidian say that this is his like, oh, this is my young adult book. Like everyone's going to love this because it's so not dark like my other stuff. It sounds to me like that is not the case with this book. I feel like he's lying. Well, like, okay, on a on a scale from Department of Truth to House of Slaughter, um, where does this book lie? <laughs> God, okay, well, that is, a, okay, I'm going to say the middle, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> no one's, no child is slaughtered, no kid is killed. Right, right. Yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at so far. Danny, have you read anything a little bit more cheerful? Well, I have read Wind as well, and uh, I got to tell you, I I when I first got into it, I was like, okay, cool, it's something not as dark. But then, as we go on, and then it, you can even just see the progression in the covers, which is insane, mm-hmm. how much darker they get, and like you know, you get these. Uh, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but yeah, uh, for sure, a good progression. Uh, the next book I'm gonna talk about, it's not as cheery, uh, but it's also not as dark. Uh, it's the new Scarlet Witch number one from Marvel Comics. Uh, and I know what you're thinking, Scarlet Witch, definitely going to go dark. Not this one. This one's uh, actually a lot of fun. Uh, this one's by Steve Orlando with art by Sarah Pacelli with a cover by Russell Dotterman. So like, That's just me naming those three people should put mm-hmm. you, I think, in a good spot for it. Uh, the Scarlet Witch is back. There is a door that appears only to those who need it most, who have no one else in the world to turn to. On the other side of this door is the witchcraft shop. Uh, friend, foe, human or otherwise. If your need is great, your hope is gone. There will you meet the Scarlet Witch. So uh, think of so when I read this book, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of like Heroes for Hire, but with the Scarlet Witch." Sure. Uh, she's got a shop, and the really nice thing is that this first episode is just like a really nice self-contained story to kind of bring you up to speed uh, on what you need to know, and also just kind of give you a little bit of flavor of what you're going to see in the next few arcs. So I'm very excited. Uh, Pacelli's art is impeccable. Like. Even if the story wasn't good, which it is, like just having Sarah Pichelli art, uh, it just fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just a casual scene of them hanging out at the bookstore or a big magic battle, spot on. Um, so yeah, this is just really, really good entry point if you want to read Scarlet Witch without any of the baggage of like 
you know, from years and years of Scarlet Witch shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, but the last few pages does give you a little bit of a setup of what's to come. So that was really nice. I don't know if either one of you guys read this uh, book this week. No, I, it's on my list. So I haven't read this issue yet, Danny, and that's mostly because I'm kind of turned off by Steve Orlando comics right now. He did that run of Marauders and like, I kind of, I love the idea of that story. I hated the writing. Um, I've been, I don't know. I really like Steve Orlando books. I've liked them in the past, um, but I feel like the last two or three series that I've read by him have just missed the mark, right? Like something about like his Martian Manhunter run that he did with uh, uh, Riley Rossmo, I think who it was, it was uh, just like felt really bloated and like felt kind of scatterbrained. And then the the Marauders run had a really cool idea, which has pretty cool implications for the Marvel like universe. It adds the character. It gives like weird relevance to the character Eric the Red, but also it was so topsy turvy. And then it did that thing that I think a lot of sci-fi writers fall prey to, which is like, let's introduce time travel uh, in a way that doesn't really matter. And it's kind of frustrating. It's like when Star Trek does time travel, you're kind of like, why is this in this series? It doesn't necessarily need to be here. Anyways, um, I'm going to get this. Yeah, I know yeah. I was going to say the Trekkies <laughs> are coming for me right now. I can already see the letters being written. Uh, IRCBpodcast at gmail.com. I dare you. Um, but anyways, anyways, I haven't read this yet. But if you say it's good, maybe this is worth me giving it a try. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I think it's definitely worth it. Like I said, it's just a one and done story. So like, if you if you don't like it, you could just stop reading there. Um, uh, I don't so. know, man. I don't. I'm not really that kind of person, Danny. You know that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, me neither, but uh, okay. Uh, well, Mike, what are, what have you been reading? Well, let me let me talk about a book that I'm feeling very uh, lukewarm on. But I, I guess before I get into that, I've been reading um, a lot of our best of 2022 books. Everyone gave me a lot of graphic novels, so like 200, 300-ish page collections. So I've just, like, I think on the second day of, of the year, on January 2nd, I read like like almost 1500 pages of comics because I was like trying to get through this list. Um, but anyways, I did read some non best of 2022 books. The first one I read was uh, Mosley number one by this is written by Rob Gilroy with artists with art by um, San Latifi colors by Jean Francois Bilalu about Bolu. I'm going to, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, letters by Andrew Thomas. Um, ultimately though, I picked this book up because I like Rob Gilroy. I like Sam Latfi's art. Um, and I wanted to try it. Looks kind of cool. The synopsis seems interesting. Um, in a hyper technical, technological world, the later 21st century, Mosley is a bitter old janitor on a mission from a higher power to unleash holy hell upon the quote, too big to fail tech gods. Can one man bring down the corporate powers that have used their vast influence to oppress an all too complacent human race and hopefully win back the favor of his estranged family while he's at it? Mosley's taking up the holy hammer and you better believe he's going to smash some shit until he sets mankind free that is directly from boom studios i guess the number one kind of hits things on the head i i really love um sam Lotfi's art like i cannot express that enough like it, are you kidding me like i know boom books usually don't mess around but holy smokes uh the combination of this artist and this colorist uh, are a spectacle of which i thought was really really cool it's like a modern america stylized sci-fi art that like takes this idea of an old world and then builds tech on top of it rather than I think what we usually do, which is kind of like erase the old and insert with the new. Um, it feels very cyberpunky in that way from an art perspective. That being said, though, this issue wasn't bad, but I do wonder if it's kind of like a crotchety take on technology being too involved in our lives, like those damn kids on their phones, because that's kind of the implication that you get. But 
I think that might be me taking like too much of a surface read of this story because I do think what Gilroy was trying to get at with this book is that corporations should not have so much influence on the way that people live their lives, right? You should be able to live your life independently of the technology in the world that is like that it is made out of or the world is made using it. And um, I think that's what he was trying to convey. I think this idea of a tech God, right? Like the idea is that we've created these robots and these robots became so smart and so powerful that we started to kind of worship them. Um, it's an interesting idea, but the, the way that Mosley is written kind of reminds me a lot of the uh, kind of the other, other series that uh, uh, Gilroy did, which was uh, farmhand. Uh, the, the, which, which one is it farmhand? farmhand yeah i was i guess i thought it was seeds farmhand where yeah. like the main character's kind of like angry all the time yeah and i i like that it's it's interesting but it does feel like it can be taken i think in a a very like i don't like the way that the world is today but it, nonetheless i'll probably try number two because i feel like the twist at the end of this issue was so out of left field and so fun that i'm like okay this might not this first issue might have just been like an establishing like this man was crotchety and then something happens and now we're gonna see like the ramifications of that so um yeah this was like a three out of five for me but um again the end was such a surprise that i'll probably check out number two uh, just to see where gilroy is going this is how it started with farmhand and then i read the entire freaking series so like <laughs> yeah danny go so ahead I was not a big fan of Farmhand, so I actually stopped reading after Volume 1. But I wanted to try this out because I read Lotfi's uh, Last Stop on the Red Line from Dark Horse, which is more of a horror book. So I want to check this mm -hmm. out. I like the beginning of the book because it felt like I was watching. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Ex Machina, mm. uh, yeah. the movie. Yeah, like it felt kind of like that. I was like, oh, we're going there. But then it it, it changed, right? Uh, yeah. But like Mike said, at the end, the twist, I don't think it works as well without Lofty's like just really cool looking art. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah I, i'm definitely also gonna stick around for this one uh it was it was fun enough for me to be like okay i think i'm in uh it, yeah, it feels yeah. a little superhero-y which is cool uh and it it doesn't it didn't leave a bad taste like when i finished reading the first volume of farmhand uh sure. so i like yeah. this crotchety old guy as opposed to the guy in farmhand <laughs> which was not as much fun so maybe yeah. maybe with the farmhand dude uh had a you know Never mind. I was gonna spoil something, but don't, don't yeah, I was yeah, gonna I say won't. don't spoil things. Don't <laughs> spoil won't. things. Um, uh, Paloma, what else have you been reading? Anything good? Um, yeah, I've been uh, blasting through Nana, which is a shoujo series from like the early two thousands, maybe the nineties, written by Ayazawa, and it follows two young women who are both twenty, and they meet on a train as they move to Tokyo, and they're both named Nana, and they eventually become <gasps> roommates. Interesting. So I'm on volume five, and it's just got great emotional beats. Uh, the women just have like a special connection. One of the nanas, they nickname her Hachi, which I think relates to the word dog in Japanese because the nana nicknamed Hachi is very eager to please, like little dog, loves praise. And then you have the other <laughs> nana, who I refer to as like rock star nana, who's the lead singer of a band called Blast. And it's just cool. all of like the interconnected relationships and new relationships and wanting to grow but a lot of uh knowing yourself despite being 20 and lots of realizing like damn why am i like this mm -hmm. and the art's really good the series does a lot of like fashion for like real life fashion i forgot her last name unfortunately but her first name i think is vivian and she passed away recently it was like huge fashion designer so a lot of those clothing appear in nana 
So it's just a good emotional time. Yeah, I've heard this is like an all-timer series, right? Like when folks are like, here's the shoujo series you need mm-hmm. to read, like Nana is always in the top three at least. So I I've, I meant to read this, the first volume of this years and years ago in a book club that I was a part of and then um, completely forgot about it. And it's been on like my forever, like top of my digital wish list for forever. So um, I, I will say we're going to talk about this more in the second half. I'm going to trying to read even more recommendations from people this year. So like maybe this this is like going to jet right to number one just because you're the first person to give me a book that I want to read. So um, this is interesting. But again, it's you're liking it so far, right? Yes. It's a pretty long series, right? Yeah, I think it's like I think it's like 21 volumes. And the kicker is uh, in classic overwork your mangaka fashion. Um, it's just unfinished because she the creator got sick mm, and hasn't yeah. been able to get back to it. So it's cursed in that way. <laughs> Well, listen, Hunter X Hunter fans out there uh, or Hunter Hunter fans out there feel you. They totally get it. So hopefully she has a partner that can finish the series for her. (laughs) Um, Um, Cool. Well, no, I'll. okay. I'm definitely this is going on my like Amazon to read list. I'm going to read this for sure. Um, That's exciting. Danny, what about you? You read anything else that was good? I did. And it was it was really, really good. But it may it may have to do with uh, just me growing up in the 90s. Uh, cause I read, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, this is the first iteration of that, uh, crossover from IDW and Boom Studios, uh, in preparation for the next one that just started this week. Nice. Uh, so this is written by Ryan Parrott, uh, and illustrated by Simone DeMeo with colors by Walter Biamonte and letters by Ed Dukeshire. Cause Ed Dukeshire letters pretty much everything over at Boom, I think. Like I read a lot I of mean, boom. <laughs> I know, right? I read a lot of boom books, and I always like to, you know, when I'm talking about them, looking at the creators, and it's a lot of Ed Dukeshire. So, like, keep keep working on it. He's amazing. Uh, so, quick synopsis: uh, the Power Rangers arrive in New York to find their missing teammate Tommy Oliver, which just implies that they're already in the same universe. This was mind blowing as I was getting into <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, they're, they're looking for the Green Ranger, but they soon discover that he's joined forces with the villainous Shredder and the Foot Clan. Of course. Of course. He it lit is... a candle and suddenly he was a part of the villain squad. Listen, Tommy started out as a bad guy, so like, I know, it's, I it's, know. In the, it's in the DNA there. Uh, but of course, the Rangers also must deal with another unexpected frenemy who are now the, the, the Turtles. So like, they meet up, they, they fight it out because they have to. So can they work together to defeat the bad guys and save the world from total destruction? This is everything I could have asked for in a crossover. Like you get the turtle and the Rangers kind of hanging out. You get to see them fighting. Uh, you get to see them teaming up and just kind of like. Apparently, the turtles are big fans of the of the Power Rangers, which is oh, yeah. like I said, it's insane because it feels like they like they're in the same universe, or like or they've always been in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And the characters just feel like the characters that I saw on TV in the '90s. Like I think Ryan Parrott really captures that very well which is what really drew me into the book. Like they haven't missed a beat. It's the original, like, the well, I don't know if it's the original squad, but it's the Rangers that I grew up with, with like mm-hmm. Trini and Zach and Billy, like all the, you know, before all the changes uh, to the series. Uh, and then to top it off, the male is just perfect for this task. Like his style is very dynamic, very stylized, uh, just a, a perfect approach for like big battles, cool Zord designs. Uh, of course, they i don't want to get too much into it but it's an old book like of course the turtles dress up in the power ranger outfits and vice versa 
because Dude, it has shut to happen. Up. You're, yes. you're killing me right now. This is Simone DeMeo who also did We Only Find Them When We're Dead when They're Dead. I I've already borrowed it on Comicsology Limited, so I don't know. <laughs> you you definitely should. Uh, this looks so good. <laughs> oh my God. It was it was so much fun. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed the the follow up, which has Dan Mora art. So like, if I can't have Simone DeMille, like Dan Mora, <laughs> it's yeah, right. Like, boom, you're and killing I, me. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Uh, and it's of course a really cool covers. Um, so I'm gonna go try to hunt some of those down. I remember buying some when the book was coming out, but I never, I didn't buy all the issues. Uh, so yeah, this was this was really fun. It's I think it came out like two years ago. So like, I'm glad they're following up on this uh, because. I like to read stuff that's not entirely superheroes, but it's still kind of superheroes, right? Sure. Uh, so this is this is right up my alley for that. Plus the nostalgia. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's you know. I really hope. Speaking of artists that are like overworked, I really hope Dan Mora is okay. Right. Um, I only say that because I feel like somehow he puts out more books like as an artist than any other artist in the business, and has do- been doing that for like the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. I hope that he's okay. Or Dan Mora is just a series of artists in someone's basement and they're all working together. <laughs> he is. A, I don't know. He, he's master of the shadow clones. So yeah, 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 yeah. Just, he could just go at it. I think, Something. I think he gets, he does the most covers other than probably Peach Momoko, right. which is the other artist that you just see right. all over the shop. So uh, That's Mike, crazy. what's the, what are what else are you reading? The last book I want to talk about before we jump into the top of our pile is I read what's the furthest place from here. Number eight and nine. Uh, this is written by Matt Rosenberg and Tyler Boss. Um, issue number eight has art by Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, and number nine has art by Sweeney Boo. Letters by Hassan Otsmani Elhow, um, aka the second most prolific letterer in, or maybe the most prolific letterer in all of comics. I don't really know. I think there's a list. Someone out there has got to be keeping track of the stats on this. But every time I pick up an issue of What's the Furthest Place from Here, I have to ask myself, do I even like this book? Every single time I crack the cover and I start reading, I go, what is this? Why am I reading this? And then by the end of the issue, I'm like, huh, I didn't like that. Let's let's read the next one. (laughs) I don't understand it. I don't hate this series. Um, But there's something tells me that there's like a missing cog in the machine of my brain um, for this series because I really want to like it. Like it has all of the things in my mind that I would consider like cool indie like fun like smart like this is this isn't your average comic book feel but then like i finished the issue and i'm like the story feels wrong i mean like in the wrong mood or it's the wrong day or it's the wrong time and i'm always tired by the time i finish an issue because i can't remember anything like every issue i start feels like i need to reread the whole series again to connect all of the dots and i can't tell if that's a writing issue or that's a me issue because I get this with other series and then usually I drop them, but there's something about what's the furthest place from here that I'm like, I, I need this to be good. I don't understand what it is. Um, and I asked the question in the notes, should a comic feel this way? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you two have any thoughts on that before I get into the rest of this. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on Tyler boss. I think that, well, he, interesting. because the, you know, their first book was so good. That in your mind, <laughs> four kids walking yeah, to a bank. Yeah, four yes. kids walking to a bank. Like that was so good. That in your mind, it's like this is this can't be bad. It's me. Like you know, like I'm the problem. It's me. Um, All right, Taylor. <laughs> All right, Taylor. Yeah, somebody gave me five bucks to do that. Um, mm-hmm. 
no, but yeah, I, th- I think that's what it is. So I don't know. Or or my other theory is that because you've been reading all this best of 2022 that we gave you, anything that you read outside of that, you're just going to say, oh, this is mid. That is very true. <laughs> I, I will say that. Well, it, it's, but it's frustrating because I've helped this. I felt this way since the series started. Like I got the first issue and then I remember getting the second one and being like, who am I supposed to care about in this series? Right. And it, it's kind of frustrating because I like something in my brain says I, I need to like this book or I like this book and I keep buying it. I keep thinking that it's cool. But um, I don't know. Issues eight and nine were flashback issues focusing on like the origins of one character and then the original record store gang, like how they all came together, which is issue nine. Like, I can't remember the names of anybody. I know there's a character named Alabama, I think. And again, this is where like it's weird that a book like this almost needs your standard Marvel <laughs> like your marvel style like recap page uh, and i know that that's like a big like faux pas in comics sometimes be like well if people can't remember your book do they even care and it's like man i'm reading so many comics if you're not doing me a service by just give me a little nudge of a reminder right like i watch all supernatural and i love the recaps even though i was binging it because i'm like <laughs> sometimes things just didn't make i didn't remember you know um so anyways i don't i don't know what this comic is i think i need to reread it i think when I well, upon reflecting here in this, when I was writing my notes for today, I did appreciate all the connectedness back to the previous arc, right in the in issues set eight and nine, because I did appreciate we get to see where one of the characters came from, um, the 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 kid who was in the pig group, and I can't remember what his name is, and I do appreciate seeing how the record store gang like came out of nothing. Um, it's a really interesting thing that adds like this layer of Lord of the Fliesy stuff that makes what's the furthest place from here like an interesting book from the get go. So like I appreciate that, but now I'm like, maybe I need to go back and reread and reflect as to why those issues felt so important to me when I read them. So I don't know. I can't even recommend this book. And I've been asking people on other discords what they think about it. And they're like, it's good. And I'm like, why? And then it's crickets. So like, I think everyone's in the same boat as me, but no one is willing to admit that they don't know what doesn't make this book work because they like the idea of this book. I don't know. We need somebody to stand up and say, I am Spartacus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't have either of you read this Paloma. Have you have you taken a stab at this at all? I haven't mostly because it's the classic. Um, oh, this is a lot of words right now and I don't have the time in like a good way. <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. um, but I was a big fan of four kids walking into a bank. I, fu- I wasn't the biggest fan of how that ended. And then if I'm remembering mm. Tyler Boss, I think he did his own three part series. D- d- Dead yeah. Dogs With like bite. the peppermint. Yeah, yeah, dead I, dogs I, don't bite. I liked the first I, I again and I really liked it, except I didn't like the the ending fell flat for me, I guess. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I totally agree. That's also been my hesitance with this is like the ambition of like a cool team whose stuff I really liked, but I'm like, mm, the endings haven't landed for me. Right. I totally get that. I, I and I absolutely agree. Like I love four kids walking to a mm-hmm. bank. I feel uncertain about the end, even after multiple readings. So, uh, yeah. Well, anyways, we'll have to do a whole discussion, I think, even further on this, because I think there there's something to be said, like, how do we take the Matt Rosenberg, Kyler Boss combination and like assess it and try to figure out what it is? I don't know. Maybe we'll do that on, an, on a live episode in the future or something. But anyways, let's get into comics that we're looking forward to reading next comics that are on the top of our pile every week on the show. We, we over at I read comic books, take a book that we want to read, whether it's brand new or it's something that's been sitting on our shelf or just something we've been meaning to get to and mark it as the top of our pile, what we're going to be reading next. So I guess let's jump into things and let's start with you, Danny. What is on the top of your pile? 
well, on the top of my pile is, uh, to no one's surprise, the big DC book coming out this week, Lazarus Planet Alpha Number 1. Uh, this is a new book by Mark Waite, with art by Ricardo Federico, colors by Brad Anderson, and letters by Steve Wands. Uh, big change in the world. Uh, if you have been keeping along with the with the world's finest and then the Batman versus Robin miniseries, this is kind of what follows that up. Uh, I'll give a brief synopsis to try to avoid like any big spoilers from those things if anybody hasn't read them. But the Lazarus volcano has erupted, spewing dangerous and transformative chemicals into the Earth's atmosphere. As these Lazarus clouds rain upon the planet, people across the world begin to develop strange new abilities. Watch their already extraordinary abilities change and witness the whole host of chaos. Unlike anything the DCU has experienced before, it's up to Damien and the team to put out a distress call to anyone who can still hear it. So, But the kicker that made me pick this book is that we're getting a backup story by Jane Lee Yang with art by Billy Tan and colors by Sebastian Chang, letters by Janice Chang. Uh, but it's about the monkey prince, and they're bringing the monkey prince into the whole devil Neza like conflict. And I I really love the monkey prince. Like that's been one of my most surprising books that, that it came out of nowhere, and I just mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. love it. I love the character uh, because it's all. I mean, it's the whole Dragon Ball of it all mm-hmm. because it's all based on the same like Journey to the West uh, material, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I I love that stuff. Jin Liu Yang is just such a fantastic artist too. And, and Billy Tan really, like, makes things look cool. So I'm very excited uh, to see how the DCU is going to change or maybe not change that much, but, you know, <laughs> get new customs to everyone. Um, sure. Mark Waite's, <laughs> Mark Waite's been doing, a, I think Mark Waite's been doing a really good job with uh, World's Finest and Batman versus Robin. Like, I've really been enjoying that. I know that DC went through some stuff where they, like, changed directions and they're kind of letting Wade take control of where the DC universe is going with this whole dawn of dc thing so i'm very excited this feels like the flagship flagship book for that so you guys know i I like to stay on top of that all the changes in the comic uh in the comic world at least in the story wise so uh, i'm very excited for it if anything how many variant covers are you going to get you know that's that's the question that i think is on everyone's mind that's the big problem um i did hold myself from yeah i didn't pre-order too many I don't pre-order them. That way I don't have to get them. But if I'm at the mm, store and I see them, then maybe smart. I'll pick them up. That's smart. Yeah. But um, right. Paloma, what about you? What What's on your uh, to-read list? I'm also following you in the DC train, and I'm catching up with the summer event, Dark Crisis. It's a was a seven-part series. I'm not going to do any of the little one-shots. I'm just going to stick to the one through seven. And sure. stop me if you've heard this one. The Justice League is dead. So everyone who's <gasps> left must protect what? the earth as every single villain ever decides to come up and uh, try to take over. I read the first issue and I really liked it. I'm more of like a hater for whatever reason when like there's Marvel big events. I don't know why. But with DC, I just hold a little more grace maybe because I read Infinite Crisis as a teen and I really liked Connor Kent Superboy and I was like, damn, that was good. But um, Dark Crisis, I'm excited for. Nightwing is a prominent player in this, and I'm like, and I love Nightwing, he's my boy, but I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, uh, you're really just a human who last time I checked wasn't in the overpowered human like echelon like Batman is, so a little confused there. I saw the cover for the final issue, and he's like Jesus on the cross or something, so... <laughs> Whoa, I need hold answers. on a second, am I reading Dark Crisis? <laughs> this sounds crazy. <laughs> uh- 
I can't wait to hear what you think okay. of this poem. I, I just finished it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Whenever it came out, like mm-hmm. I finished it. Uh, I am going to send you some of my favorite times. Maybe you want to oh, okay. not dip into all of them, but the ones that I thought were pertinent to the main story. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think okay, of this Okay, I'm down one. for those then. Uh, so I just have a quick question um, before I get into what's on top of my pile. And I'm sorry to derail this conversation any further, but uh, I searched Dark Crisis just to see when the collection was coming out, whatever. And then I ended up on Wikipedia and as in, in the list of characters that are in the, in the main character list, we've got justice league, justice society of America, the great darkness, pariah, young justice Titans, all the way down at the bottom. There's a character whose name is Mickey Mixel. Oh, <laughs> all I got to wonder is what the hell is that? <laughs> What? Why? Why is this a kid version of Mister Mixelplitic huh. or whatever? You know the Superman villain. I. This is insane. I just. I can't I'll believe never it. Tell. You're not getting any out of me. I'm not okay. spoiling anything I, for anyone. You guys I'm just go gonna in. paste the image that they have on Wikipedia for this character and move on. I just can't oh believe that there's God. a character <laughs> who oh feels God, so. No. That's just insane. Seems insane. I have no context here. I just when when you name a character like Mickey or Tommy or Billy, like it's just got like. This is a kid version of a superhero. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Anyways, Danny, you're having too much fun over there. Let's just move on. I've got another uh, DC book that I'm going to talk about. But before I get into that, I promise I said I wasn't going to forget it. So this week, I'm not going to forget it, which is our Discord picks. Thank you to everyone hanging out with us live today. We've got some folks that are listening live, and they gave us the books that are on the top of their pile. Nick is reading All Against All number two, uh, which I'm very excited to read as well. Um, I didn't pick that one just for reasons, but... Hugh is reading X-Men number 18. Paul G is reading Decades by David Taylor. And Hannah is reading a red Demon Bear saga, uh, which I think, yeah, is a Demon Bear saga. That's all that they that she told me. But um, anyways, so that's what everyone's reading. If you want to get shouted out, make sure you show up to our live episodes. We record on Sundays at 1.15 p.m. Depending, check our Discord events to see when we're actually recording. But make sure you do that. And you can also get a shout out live on the show. For me this week, I am very excited to read Catwoman Lonely City. Uh, this is by Cliff Chang. If you didn't hear about this book, I've got a quick synopsis. Ten years ago, the massacre known as Fool's Night claimed the lives of Batman, the Joker, Nightwing, and Commissioner Gordon, and sent Selina Kyle, the Catwoman, to prison. A decade later, Gotham has grown up. It's put away costume heroism and villainy as childish things. The new Gotham is cleaner, safer, and a lot less free. Under the watchful eye of Mayor Harvey Dent and his bat cops, it's into this new city that Selina Kyle returns, a changed woman with her mind. With her mind on that one last big score, the secret's hidden inside the Batcave. She doesn't need the, she doesn't need the money. She just needs to know who is Orpheus. Okay, it's that synopsis got crazier and crazier and crazier. I thought this is just like a quick heist who done it. Harvey Dent and his bad cops. Ooh. Okay, cool. I've been meaning to read this though for a while. Like I, when it came out, Cliff Chang, like mm-hmm. immediate buy, right? You just you gotta. Um, Kelly, my wife, picked this book up because she loves Cliff's art, um, and I was like, cool, I'll eventually get around to it. But like. I've become so frustrated with not having bags and boards for these books because like my shop doesn't sell them. I have to like go online to get them and I don't want to buy a hundred like oversized magazine size that DC. I appreciate you wanting to add more art to your books, but second off, how dare you? (laughs) Because you've made, I can't even put these books in a freaking short box. Like, I don't know what to do with them. These, these go on your shelf. They go in the trash. Danny (laughs) is, (laughs) 
Wait, before you throw them away, ship them over to me. I'll take care of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, the beautiful hardcover did come out, um, which I technically means that I bought it twice. Yes. Um, spoilers. I bought it three times because I wanted to read it digitally. Um, so, Same. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be reading this. Uh, this was actually someone's best of 2022 pick, and you will be surprised who it was. Again, I'm going to keep plugging that show because it's going to be an insane rant of yours truly going over all these books. I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, really excited to read this book. It sounds insane. I've looked at the issues. They're absolutely beautiful. Cliff just knocked it out of the park with the art. So I'm excited to actually dive into this. Um, but yeah, that's that's on the top of my pick or top of my pile for this week. So let's take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, Paloma, Danny and I are going to be talking about our New Year's resolutions for comics. What are we buying? That's big. What are our big reads? What are some things we're trying to change about our comic habits? So we're going to get into all of that in just a second. We'll be right back. One day while combing the beach, Amber and Alana discovered a pair of beautiful medallions. What happened next changed their lives forever. The Santos Sisters comic book will have you laughing from cover to cover as they fight crime, date dumb dudes, and just deal with everyday life as young women in the world. The Santos Sister is printed in Buffalo Grove, Illinois with a four-color web press, a decadent newsprint just like your dad's comic books. The style of the Santos Sisters is similar to an old Archie comic, but with a modern vibe that resonates with today's audience. The Comics Journal loved the first issue, calling it a highly entertaining comic, and Paul Jaceley of the I Read Comic Book podcast said, I enjoyed the hell out of it. The Santos Sisters is available now, and don't miss out. Ask your favorite comic book retailer to add it to your pull list today, or find it online at santosisters.com. For our show this week, we are talking about our 2023 New Year's resolutions for comics, what are some of our big reads? What are some of our big buys? What's something that we're finally going to do when it comes to our comic habits? So Paloma, Danny, and I put down a bunch of ideas and things that we've been thinking about. I know that I've been constantly toting the idea of like, I'm not going to buy any new comics until I read all of my backlog comics, which is a farce. Um, I say it every year. I'm never really going to do it. But I guess we do have some things that we're all trying to do. So I guess to, to start things off, Paloma, what are one of your 2023 New Year's resolutions for comics? I think one of my biggest resolutions or goals is to go back to some classic or like iconic runs, which I've not mm. done in years. I think working at a comic book store and like seeing all like the events kind of left me jaded. Where I'm just like, why does it matter? It's not part of the continuity. Not that I follow continuity, but I'm just like... <laughs> I'm just like, everyone just craps on continuity. Marvel just craps on the continuity that they've made. DC restarts everything. Yeah. But then I like see people on Twitter like posting panels and I'm just like, dang, that's what comics are about. This is what paved mm -hmm. the way. So I was thinking stuff like, I love X-Men, but I've not read a ton of classic X-Men stories. Uh, mostly because I'm like, I like old X-Men when it has Kitty Pride. But mm -hmm. I am like, what better place to start than like Days of Future Past? That's a big one. I've never read it, what? but I know that it's the big one. I know. I Listen, neither have you. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you know, here's here's the funniest part. It's a big one, but it's two issues of the comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. It's, it's so well, weird. But it's like God loves man kills. Oh. One of them, in, in my opinion, one of the most important X-Men stories to ever have been published. There is no higher importance in terms of X-Men comics than that God loves man kills. But it's only like 60 pages. Yeah. Right. And it, 
which is crazy, right? Because we're so, oh man, all right, let me, I'm I'm stepping out halfway onto a soapbox here. (laughs) You said it already, the events, right? Mm -hmm. These events have jaded us in terms of like what we expect to be impactful, meaningful change within comics, right? Think of it, think of it this way. Brian Michael Bendis's ultimate Spider-Man, the first arc, six issues long, and Peter doesn't get the power, his powers until like the end. Back in the original Amazing Fantasy, um, like 13, 16, whatever the hell it was, Peter Parker gets his powers in one page. You know, like th- I think the the impact of storytelling is drastically changed in a long time and for, for better and for worse. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the length of these types of stories. We like the drawn out thing. I think we as readers shit on creators all the time. We're just like, that was too fast. Everything happened way too quickly. It didn't really have any meaning. So we expect these kind of like drawn out like taffy stories whereas like these older comics somehow are able to be super concise with their really really impactful things but i think if we tried to take a critical lens to them and try to compare them to the same level of comics that we read like mod like in a modern day say like god loves man kill was published today would we think i don't know about this chris claremont guy he's not really nailing it (laughs) you know so i don't know i don't know thoughts i'm 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 off the soapbox now No, I, I completely agree. I think uh, we're. I blame I blame the companies just trying to decompress stories to tr- push the trades when they should just be doing standalone graphics novels. But whatever, that's definitely a whole other show that we could have in the future. Sure, sure. But it's exciting to hear that you're you're going to be reading this stuff, Paloma. I mean, Days of Future Past is a great one. Are there any other books on your list that you think you want to try to tackle? I've been meaning to check out um justice league international i think it's like the volume two keith giffen and jm dematis dematias uh it's the one where we've all seen it's kind of like imagine someone standing over you taking a photo like a group shot photo everyone's looking tough and cool looking up and it has like a famous panel where like page where like batman knocks out like a whole guy gardener in like one punch Mm-hmm. I just I just want to read it. I, I love team books and I haven't even dabbled in this. It's been calling to me. Yes, dude. I Paul and I were just talking about that, I think. And I put it on my to read like it's, it's up there with my like to read list for sure. And if you like the human target, all those characters like that's the run that they're what? basing all this stuff. Wow. I love how full circle this whole thing just went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. I uh, great resolution. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Then boom, it's happening. Wow. I'm doing that this year too. Paloma, me and Look you. We're reading Days of Future Past. <laughs> we're reading Justice League International. <laughs> I, I do have some like some like big reads that I want to read. And one of them is a big classic one that I'm sure folks will be surprised that I haven't read, but you know, maybe not so surprised. And this is Saga of Swamp Thing by Alan Moore. That's a big one. I it's I bought the the issues or the volumes years ago on Comixology and it's just been sitting in my my to read list for forever. I'm always 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 intimidated by an Alan Moore book, you know. And then I sit down and I read Let League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and I go, "You know what? Maybe it's not as crazy as I think. <laughs> Maybe not everything is V for Vendetta. Not everything is Watchmen. Maybe he wrote some comics that aren't 50,000 words compressed into 12 issues, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to read that one. But again, that's a big classic one that I think to this day, you know, has defined what Swamp Thing is. You know, Paul and I talked about this in the mini-show that we did last week, but like, you know, that being a run that like changed how Swamp Thing appears to all of comics, right? The orange bubble, the the idea of Swamp Thing kind of being everywhere and attached to everything. I think that's the book, if I'm not mistaken, that established a lot of that stuff. So I'm very excited to, to dig into it because... 
you know, it's, it is the classic, you know, Swamp Thing story. Have you guys read that by chance? I don't know. If that, no, again, it's a big one. Maybe list. you haven't read it. it I, I read one volume and I was like, this is so many words. It, <laughs> it, it almost breaks my rule of like no more than 50% text in the page. Uh, <laughs> so, but I, I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, let me know what you think, Mike. Sure. Uh, if I should continue to try to read it, I, I definitely will. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. on that note, do you have any big reads or anything, any books that you're like aiming to finish this year? Uh, nothing like that. I think once I get into a book, like I don't drop it until until um, I've, I've finished it all. Like that's sure. That's one thing that I do. As many books as I read, like I won't start reading a new book until like I'm sure I'm gonna just get through the whole thing. Uh, my 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 resolution is kind of like on the other opposite end of what Paloma just did. Uh, I want to read more standalone graphic novels. Uh, I was looking through a lot of like lists of like best of 2022. And I kept seeing things like Squire ducks, which Paul talked about Mm -hmm. Uh, like all those little books. And this year I read a forest Hills uh, bootleg society. Yo. So like, I just want to get into more stuff like that because just as, as much as I love serialized stuff and stuff that I'm reading week to week, like, I think those books would be like a nice palate cleanser in between all mm-hmm. the continuity garbage that I'm injecting into my head every week. <laughs> and and then also just expand my horizons. One, one of the things I love about like things like we talk about here or the Goodreads group is that you guys offer up so many other things that I would never look at, like, because they're not at the comic shops or if they are, they're not like front and center, mm-hmm. right? Like on mm-hmm. the big wall. Yeah, you have uh, this, to look. Yeah, you usually have to dig for these types of books because they are less flashy. Is yeah. usually the case, right? E- even at uh, a Barnes and Nobles and bookstores like that, like when I went to buy Forest Hills uh, Bootleg Society, I was in the comic section and I couldn't find it, and so I had to go ask. And they have like this whole other section oh. for like mm-hmm. graphic novel, young adult graphic mm. novels, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, I didn't even know this part of the bookstore existed, <laughs> right? Uh, this might as well be like the nonfiction section to me because I will never go there. <laughs> See, I think you, we need to get you in in closer contact with the Cates as well as Paloma because I feel like between the three of you, you have some recommendations for books that I never ever would find. And I feel like I go out of my way to try to find this stuff. And then something like in I, i'm spoiling things some books that are on the best of 2022 list show up like paloma i just read yours the other Ooh. night and i was floored by it and i was like how come i never saw this book yeah you know like you you three managed to find some stuff yeah. um i will say that is just unparalleled good um so danny we'll we'll make this a thing we'll, yeah we're gonna yeah. check in with you every month maybe we'll get you like a recommendation maybe, every maybe month i should to, like, just do, do once that. a month because like when i read aster of pan for the goodreads challenge last year like that was another thing i would have never picked that up on my own but it was so much fun and i love it so yeah i'll i'll definitely keep you guys updated on my progress uh because that way when i get to the end of 2023 and like i'm looking at some best stuff like my list won't just be like batman chips of darcy stuff x <laughs> I mean, but there's nothing wrong with that. You no. know, there was a lot of good Batman books this mm-hmm. year. Chip Zdarsky was knocking yeah. it out of the mm-hmm. park last year. So, like, I totally get that. Totally get that. Cool. Um, well, I was looking, speaking of that, though, I was looking at my, like, yearly stats that I do, right? Like, if you follow me on Twitter, I am taking, like, a bit of a Twitter break. But I did post a tweet that contained all of my 2022 stats um, of everything that I read. Single issues, manga chapters, original graphic novels, um, and everything. And I read significantly less than I did in the previous two years. And I wonder if there was something, like, inside of a panini that had, you know, to do with it or whatever. But... Uh, <laughs> 
stupid joke. But uh, still, I uh, I read less, but I did feel like I I read a lot regardless right but i started a bunch of series right like i started doro hidoro um and i didn't like take the one piece approach to it where i was like hammering myself to read 30 to 40 to 50 chapters every week right like you know god bless kevin the chat right now who i know is reading through one piece i'm very excited for him to get completely caught up but like i started dory doro i started blade of the immortal i started akira i started yosagi ujimbo right and i kind of read those volumes very slowly I mean, you're hearing these names. They're all banger comics, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are some of the best like manga that's ever been created <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, Dory Doro, kind of a newer one. I mean, that's very hit or miss unless you're into extreme violence and blood and guts and gore and um, big, huge, beefy women mm-hmm. that will kick the shit out of you. Like, um, But still amazing books, but they're all very long. And I think my goal this year is just to finish these books, like get through all of Blade of the, Blade of the Immortal, which like isn't a book you get through. It's a book that like travels through your body <laughs> as if like some some entity from an, an extra planar dimension has like and you know completely possessed you uh dory doro is an experience in itself that really can't be taken in large bites as far as i'm concerned just because it is a it's a it's a lot for a book um akira i have to like digest each volume like i have to like sit and think for a day after i finish a volume because one they're like 450 pages each but also just like it's a lot to take in and if you've seen the movie you've only seen a th- like a third of the actual story which i think is really interesting yusagi ujimbo is my refresher comic like when i'm feeling like i don't want to read comics anymore pick up a volume of yusagi ujimbo and i'm like this this is what comics are about so like i just need to get through them and i'm i'm very excited to finish them i don't know if i'm going to fin if i'm going to read past volume 7 of yusagi ujimbo cuz i know there's like dark horse stuff that was published that's considered like volume 2 but i'm at least going to finish the first 7 volumes which came out through fantagraphics so i'm very excited about that um, but yeah, I, ju- I just want to finish some of these long reads so that I can finally jump into some of the rereads that I want to do this year, as well as some big reads that I've got. So I don't want to keep talking anymore, but I don't know. Any thoughts, any, any anything that you folks are looking to finish this year? I know, Danny, you said you you finish things, but like, yeah, is there anything else on your list? Well, I, I did want to say that Yusagi Jujimbo to me feels like the perfect marriage between like manga and Western comics. Mm-hmm. So it's it's such a like... I could give it to either one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're getting through all that stuff. I read some of it in the past. And I mean, Sakai's a legend. So really glad to hear Dude. you're on that. Yeah, I, I love that series. I, I finished the first volume and I was like, oh, I must I must read everything now. I must read all of it. I must physically own it. I must I must give this to every like young adult reader that I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I gave this to my 12 year old nephew and he he's obsessed with Demon Slayer right now. And I'm like, Ooh. bud, you are going to be pleased. <laughs> Uh, but Paloma, is there are there any like big reads that you maybe want to finish or anything that you're trying to start this year? Yeah, I started rereading Naruto and I'd like to f- I've never actually finished it despite me being like a Naruto girly like that was my thing as like a youth after I got, you know, after I ca- like existed and I was doing like the weekly Shonen uh-huh. Jump magazine. Sure. Um, So I'd like to finish that. I know. Like. Once it gets to Shibudin, so if you see the novel, uh, the manga in real life, once like the covers go from like white to black, I know it changes, but I like I have to know how it actually, like like I know how it ends, but I need to know how we get there. Right. I need the right. emotional bits. I need to see if it's as good as I think it is. But also, I love seeing like Masashi Kishimoto's art and like seeing it evolve from like Naruto, and you can. Like volume one, you can see how heavily influenced he was by Otomo. I forgot the Akira creator's name. 
but he has major influences. Like I'm like, oh, this is like reading Akira or like watching, like seeing the, the Akira film because I've not read, mm-hmm. I've not tackled that series. And then I want to try Vagabond by Takahiko Inoue, yeah. the creator of Slam Dunk, but this is like a martial arts swordsman series, question mark, that I see a ton of people recommend when they're looking mm-hmm. for like manga recommendations that don't necessarily have an anime or just like a classic. And when we get it in the shop, I work at a comic book store for people who don't know, it flies off the shelves, just like volume one into like instantly. And these are like the Viz Big Editions, so they're probably yeah. at least $22, if not more. Yeah, they're big. And they've got the cool like lined up. Yes. Like I just posted a picture of it in the Discord, but they've got like the single image that if you line up all the spines together, it's like Ooh. all of the characters, which looks I always see that in shops and I'm always like, huh, cool manga. And then I move on to look at my hero academia <laughs> again and again and again, you know? Uh <laughs> the reason but, that the, the, the reason that stops me from reading Bagabond is that it's not available digitally. Oh and I I love I love reading like manga to me on my iPad is the way to do it. Like mm-hmm. I love buying the Tagabon just to have them mm-hmm. uh, because of stuff like Mike just say like the, the spines laying up and just like they look really cool but it's just so much easier for me to just pop out my phone or my, my iPad and just read it there and unfortunately you can't do that with Bagavon well you can't legally do that with Bagavon right. yeah. Right. yeah so uh, but these spines are pretty cool I might uh, hunt those down yeah, that's I, dude I know right <laughs> That's that's really cool. I, thank you for reminding me of that because that is the series. It's like Blade of the Immortal is one that's yeah. up there. Vagabond is another one that a lot of people recommend as well. So like maybe we'll see. Maybe at the end of this year, I'll start Vagabond and I'll carry it over yes. into 2024 or something. Um, yeah, that, but it's like Naoki Urasawa's work, right? Like yes. wonderful creator, but his books are only available physically. And I, th- I think that's changing this year. I think some stuff, some of his stuff is going to become digitally, but like Dude's got some of the best manga mm-hmm. that's ever been made, right? Mm-hmm. Like Monster, Pluto, uh, 20th Century Boys, right? Like these are these are top tier comics right here as far as I'm concerned. Yes. But yeah, I think um, I guess I've got a couple other big reads that I want to get through this year, right? Like I think I'm going to try to do Naruto as well. Yeah. I think like I'm going to hit the big, big three. I'm going to say that I've gotten Bleach under my belt uh, and I've gotten uh, One Piece now. And I guess Naruto is the, big, the other big mm-hmm. one. And Hunter Hunter is also on the yes. Shonen Jump app. So I might like... Do I tag team? Do I do I do like 10 chapters of each and just like get caught up? Um, who knows? But Naruto is the big one. And I do want to experience that. I've heard some things that like once it becomes the second portion, mm-hmm. it's not as good or something. I don't care. Like I read all of One Piece in that book. If you want to talk about peaks and valleys, <laughs> uh, like let's 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 be honest here. So um, I'm excited. I'm probably going to try that. Um, I did buy all the chapter volumes of spy family because they were like 50 percent off and i was hey. like you know what screw this so i've got like one through eight sitting on my shelf want to read that sakamoto days is the other book yes. it's not very long but everybody everybody <laughs> makes that reaction below and they just go yes uh whenever i mention it <laughs> and nick has told me even nick is on board for this series so like it's got to be good i guess uh and then i want to i want to finally 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 read all of hellboy like the hellboy omnibuses that are available not all of bprd not all of the side stories just like the the core hellboy series uh and then get berated by nick incessantly until i read the rest of it um so yeah he's already responding in the chat he's very upset with me (laughs) but yeah i do want to read that's i've got a lot of ambitious projects but i think i'm going to try to buy less single issues this year unless they are like certainly going to be good i'm probably going to be trying less single issues and trying to read more of my back issues so we'll see um but yeah that's i've got some big reads uh, they're 
pretty ambitious. I think the biggest one, obviously, Naruto. The rest of them, probably doable. Like, as the saying goes, once you read One Piece, anything is possible. So, like, <laughs> I'm just going to roll with that this year. That's kind of my mantra. Well, in, in that vein, my, my um, I put on the notes that I'm going to finally get read redacted because I wanted to surprise everyone mm. live because I'm Ooh, a showman. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm finally going to read One Piece. I, oh, my God. Yo! and here the reason why i'm doing it is the weirdest one yet as you know i've really gotten into the tcg Mm, (laughs) i I don't understand this how you get into the trading card game without having any (laughs) that's that's exactly it like the tcg is so cool like i have my luffy card right here with me as we record nice Uh, and i've actually read the first volume already romance dawn which is the name of the set for the cards so now everything in my head is clicking together uh, so now I'm not gonna only read One Piece like Kev. That's not gonna be my total focus. Sure, sure. Uh, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna start reading it. Uh, and and I just after getting through the first volume, it is so good. It's so much fun. Like, uh, I think the anime adaptation did a disservice by skipping some stuff in the first episode. Uh, mm. by the way they did it because they don't start at the beginning of the manga. I think they might go into that a little bit later. They they do rely on flashbacks a lot on that. Anime, yeah. I so. Think. Uh, so I think this is the way, cause I don't think I'll ever watch the anime, uh, like all the way through, but sure. this way I can read the manga and then go watch the cool fights in the anime and then just continue <laughs> with the manga. I think some people call this like the quick method of like getting through the anime. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I am so excited. The first volume was amazing. I wanted to read it before the episode and I, I finished it yesterday and it's just the meeting of these characters that I've known for a long time because they're just in the zeitgeist. And then as, as I open packs, like I see their names mm-hmm. and now I understand why like some cards are worth a lot of money because the characters are so cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm very excited. So that's, uh, that's the big thing. I'll keep you guys uh, updated on the manga uh, thread on the discord. So make sure to join the discord so we can talk about one piece and then I can finally <laughs> go back and click all those sensor bars. That you guys <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we did, about a couple of us did do a big one piece reread yeah, a while back yeah. i you know it's it's been fun i think me and jeff and maybe one other person i think we've been we've been on and off you it know, was a lot of fomo being on that yeah. thread and not being able to like get into it so well speaking excited. of the trading card game if you ever if you find a like sniper king card you let me know and i will find it on ebay or something that's the only character i truly care about is that moment in time when Usopp was uh sniper king spoilers not spoilers it's the most obvious thing in the entire world in the I'll, manga i'll forget uh, by the time i get there don't you don't you worry about that yeah um well i guess i guess to like wrap up here uh i i did have one last piece but do either of you have any anything else you wanted to bring up before we i guess wrap up today's episode i i have one other thing and this is more of a self-control thing sure this may this may be a a big controversial thing uh i'm gonna stop buying so many star wars books i think i'm gonna (gasps) tackle the star wars problem head on the star wars franchise do without you uh i yeah right i'm gonna stick my my goal is to stick to the main three three books star wars Dr. Afra and Darth Vader. Uh, I just, for some reason, the High Republic is not clicking with me. Like, I've tried every series. I've, I bought the book. I love Charles Soule. Like, I love his writing. But there's just no connection with me and those characters. Uh, but then you put out something like Crimson Rain, and I'm like a sucker for it. So, mm-hmm. so but I think I'm just going to buy the, keep buying those series. Everything else I read on the Marvel app or, like, on trade or whatever uh but yeah that's that's it like, i'm 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 weaning off of star wars uh especially because the tv stuff is so good like i don't need to just read the comics 
Just give me more Andor. Yeah. That's all that I yeah. want in my so. whole life. Uh, Paloma, what about you? What are any any last thoughts here? I also, in the self control vein, I'm like, gotta maybe put a pause on some single issue stuff. Oh, I yeah. know. I I don't even have that many short boxes technically at my apartment. My long boxes sure. are at my parents' house, but um, <laughs> I'm just like, where's the space? I just have this mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. Even if I got a cool like X Men short box, I'm like, it's just a box that I put my books in. Right. right. So yeah, gotta reflect on that. So you're cutting back just just on single issues? Or are you cutting back anywhere else, or just just on that? Maybe just singles. Maybe be more okay. picky with what manga I purchase. Mm. Just because I have the Shonen Jump app, even though I don't even buy that much Shonen, but you know, space. Right. Totally get that. Totally get that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm also in the same vein of a little bit of self control. I think this year I'm actually going to get rid of some of my comics. <gasps> I know. I know. I know. Um, I I have this this problem where sometimes I will just buy things and not realize that I already own them, oh. and then I just have like two copies of Chainsaw Man Volume Six or like two copies of uh, multiple volumes of various things. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all of my my graphic novels, my collections, all the stuff that I have, get all the duplicates, get all the things, and I'm kind of just like I don't need to own this anymore, and then I'm going to put them into like an Excel spreadsheet or something, and you know I'm. I'm probably like I'm even up for just like putting them on discord and saying like who wants these pay for shipping and it's yours. Um, so if you want to join the discord and you want to get some potentially cheap comics, um, let me know. And yeah, so I'm going to go through all try to go through all of my single issues as well. Try to grab like batches of books that I don't want. I did this a while ago um, before I moved to New York, but that was almost a decade ago. So like I think it's time for me to call some of the books that I have and see what I don't want to have keep anymore. But um, the last thing I want to say, um, I think what I'm going to try to do this year is I want to read more comics from folks who are listening to the show, right? Like we talk about a lot of books and I do know that a lot of people um, tell us that, you know, they appreciate the books that we recommend to them, but I'm also trying to go the other way, right? Like we tap into a lot of things and Danny, you said like, you know, you read a lot of big two and then you hear about graphic novels. You're like, whoa, cool. A lot of the times, a lot of our listeners have sh- sent me stuff that like has destroyed me emotionally and then I have to like lie down afterwards and it's great and I love that and it's a book that I never ever would have found so I think just like haphazardly instead of haphazardly just like getting books from people um, I want to kind of make it a little bit more formal um, in that I want to ask people this year I'm taking open submissions for comics that I should read so you can email me like a single issue or a volume or a graphic novel you think I should try why you like it why I should read it um, and then I will take it and I'll read it now I can't guarantee I'm gonna read everything but I really want people to send it over so that I can take it and I can make it a thing as part of the show rather than me just randomly reading things um, so send an email to ircbpodcast at gmail.com I'm gonna take recs all year if I get no recs that's fine if I get a bunch of recommendations that's even better um, I'll try to get through as many of them as I can but I do want to try to just take more recommendations from people um, on top of finding my own stuff but like there's, there's something really, really satisfying about like getting a book from someone and really liking it. And there's something terribly annoying about getting a book that you hate. Um, so expect full honest reviews here. But like, I do really want to try to do that because I think that there's, uh, I really want to understand why people like the books that they like. Um, not just saying, hey, Mike, you should read this, but more like giving me a little bit more of an explanation is probably going to turn me into liking it more or trying to see it in a different way than I probably would. So send me an email, ircbpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll give you a shout out on the show. We'll make a whole spiel sh- sh- out of it. But um, yeah, it's something that I'm trying for this year. I'm, I'm really excited to do it. So and I'll make sure that Mike shares that list with the rest of us because mm-hmm. that sounds awesome.
awesome. Yeah, and well, and if the rest of the folks on the show want to do it too, they, they're more than welcome to. But I'm, I'm going to make a guarantee that I'm going to make an effort. If I get these emails, it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I guess to wrap things up, Paloma, Danny, thank you for being with me on this episode today. It's been, it's really exciting to see what you're both reading this year. Danny, I can't believe how dramatic you are with your One Piece review. <laughs> I, I'm ready. I'm going to go get my straw hat after this. <laughs> I expect full Luffy cosplay uh, by the end of this year. Um, But anyways, next week's episode is going to be me and Nick and Kate. We're going to be talking about our Goodreads book of the month for January as picked by our Goodreads, like, uh, challenge finishers from last year we're going to be reading uh nuclear winter volume one so i'm really excited to jump into that with kate and nick uh as always you can check us out on instagram twitter Dis- discord goodreads tiktok all the places on the internet um all those links are in the show notes so make sure you check us out there uh support us on patreon for access to stuff like the best of 20 2022 that i'm going to be doing later this year as well as ircb movie club and so many more other patreon exclusive series uh infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music xander flies across the barriers of time and space seeking a bright new dawn i want to say thank you to paloma and danny and thank you to everyone in the discord for hanging out with us if you made it this far in the show you are the true fan of i read comic books so thank you and until next time comics are good and so are you 